What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Free and Flowing, hosted by Mr. Dwayne Atkins. Uh, great show for y'all today. This is your co-host, Clay Davis. Today, we are going to sit down um, with a very, very special guest, Miss Jess Colville Mensay. She is a Duke PhD student in English, going to be a doctor of English. You're going to hear about her and read about her, actually. Big poetry, uh, slam, big slam poetry enthusiast we learned today on the pod. Her story is great, and make sure you stick around to the end. She gives a fantastic, fantastic example of her poetry at work. Your guys are in for a treat today. Thank you all for listening, as always. We get into talking about how poetry has influenced society, um, specifically in the areas of, of race, uh, feminism. Mr. Dwayne Atkins gives a great take on talking about some of his favorite poets, some of his influences. Rotating third, Frederick Serrano is here as always, our uh, quote-unquote unofficial, not official, but official lawyer of the show. Um, he's a 3L, so not official. Um, he's here hanging out with us. Make sure you all stay to the end. Thank you all for listening. As always, we love you all. Stay free. Keep the drinks flowing. going on everybody and welcome to free and flowing hosted by Dwayne atkins uh this is clay davis and i am here today with rotating third freddie serrano um Dwayne, freddie how are we doing today fellas i'm doing well how about yourself and i cannot complain I'm trying to figure out this whole law school journey we're four weeks in fred and i have not um died from lack of caffeine yet or gone crazy based off of the bore you to death year is what they say this is but we're making it man freddie how are you surviving i'm doing well i decided to not be bored the past three weekends and did a lot of fun stuff uh apparently there's consequences to that like i am rushing to do everything this week to make sure all my deadlines are met Dwayne, so, we had Freddie was in the mountains last weekend, man. He was wow. living it up. Well, I did go to the beach, uh, but not this weekend, last weekend. I was a little, like, wigged out a little bit, but people were keeping their distance. It was cool. Me, the wifey, and the baby went. It was a good time. I needed to get away. So Dude, I'm glad you went to the mountains. It's good. Yeah, man. So we got a guest today, man. Very excited to speak with her. Very excited to speak with Miss Jess. Excited for our listeners to get to know her a little bit. Um, Dwayne, how, and you said, how did you all meet? I know you talked, to, we talked a little bit about this before the show. We met by, by happenstance. So I found my twin, apparently, okay. you know, we all have a twin out there. No, but, um, I met Jess at a surprise birthday party. What a surprise. Uh, a buddy of mine was giving his wife a surprise birthday party. Um, and we just, you know, kind of chopping it up a little bit. I was like, oh, we got some of the same interests and, um, definitely talked about some things as far as like poetry and um, I know Jess is in school. I just finished up school. So we were able to chop up, chop up, chop up about those things. So um, I just want to welcome Jess to, to, to the podcast, Free and Flowing. Um, yeah. Jess Covell Marseille. Um, definitely a pleasure meeting you. I'm definitely excited to hear about uh, some of the things you're working on. Um, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Yeah. So Jesse, so you're, uh, you're a PhD candidate. I know at Duke University, correct? You're going after yep. your English uh, doctorate? Duke? 
That's right. <laughs> the Devils. I know I, I usually have a UNC fan on the pod. And it doesn't look like we have one tonight. So I'm very happy about that. Um, we have a Duke <laughs> conglomerate. Very happy to have you on here. Um, so w- Jess, wh- where are you from originally? Um, I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, and then I moved to the panhandle of Texas when I was nine in a city called Pampa. So that's the Pampa. top part of, yeah, top part of Texas. <laughs> I usually tell people it's an hour away from Amarillo because there, there's at least like a George Strait song about Amarillo. No one's heard of Pampa. <laughs> is that the uh, all my exes live in Texas guy? Is that him? It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever know about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's so cool to have you on. Um, So when you say you're doing poetry, you're doing English, um, and now you're here in North Carolina. We were talking before the show. You're from Chicago for undergrad. Now you're you're here now back on the East Coast. How are you liking it so far? Um, I really love it. So um, I think speaking of happenstance and how like Dwayne and I um, met and now I'm on this podcast, I feel like, you know, I'm originally from South Carolina. So in some ways, I've come almost full circle. But um, my husband who I met here um, is from California. So West Coast. And it's one of those things where he happened to come to Duke for law school, I happened to come to Duke for grad school. And we met, we got married, and now we're really excited for this next stage. Um, so we're actually looking to set down some roots in, in Durham. Um, we like it so so much. Um, so capital city. Yeah, hopefully going to buy a house or something in the next year. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I know, I Dwayne, when you told me how you all met, I was like, man, I want to go to the parties y'all go if you meet people like this. Like, this is awesome, man. I'm um, saying. <laughs> so, so what what are some of the stuff like? I know Dwayne talked a little bit about it. What are some of the what's some of your interest in poetry that you like to write about? Yeah, so you know, I think poetry. Um, a lot of people's last experience with poetry was like their high school class, and some of it is like you're starting with some old old stuff. Um, but what's cool about poetry is I feel like the best of poetry is made within its own generation. Um, within the political context of the day. And poetry has always been this way of connecting with the world um, in the moment that we're living. And it's supposed to be familiar. Um, That's not to say like poetry from back when is not great. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I find really beautiful. Some stuff that's definitely, you know, made its, you know, it has a right to stick around. But um, I'm really interested in contemporary poetry. Um, and the ways we're using it to speak um, and engage with the world around us. Um, And it happens, you know, for me, I look for story. Um, I think poetry is a great way to storytell. But I also look for sound, um, poetry that sounds good, um, even when you're just looking at it on the page and reading it to yourself. But my favorite thing about poetry is when we share it, um, you know, at open mics, sometimes over zoom in pandemic <laughs> yeah that's awesome so Jess, I, I i understand completely what you're talking about i'm gonna pull it myself i haven't put it out there like that I, I consider myself retired but i don't i don't think you can retire from poetry i think your writing may slow down or speed up Why's the poet always a i do i think right right i think with i think with poetry i have learned that there are rules to it but there's no rules to it if that makes sense something like, like similar with art there's rules but there aren't any rules you can once you understand the craft you know like how to break it how to mold it how to shift it um and so um 
I know one thing we were discussing earlier, we were talking about like politics and stuff and poetry. And I think for me, what I learned is how to walk that fine line, how to present my topic uh, within a poem. Uh, I, I, when, I, when I shape the poem, I'm like, either I'm gonna persuade, entertain or inform. So how, how, am I going to, how am I going to do this with this poem so that the message gets across? So um, are there any like hot top, any messages that, that you have worked on or that you, you know, want to mention um, yeah. as far as with poetry? For sure. Um, I, you know, um, a lot of my stuff is feminist in nature, and it's also working in this lineage of feminist work that combines the personal and the political. So to that end, my stuff sometimes is about very personal relationships. Sometimes it's about, you know, those private doubts that we carry in ourselves and the frustrations and also the joys. Um, I write a lot about family, especially since I've had some difficult familiar relationships. And that's something that I use poetry as a way to work through and connect over. But at the same time, it's also a really political space for me. It's a way of extending that sense of care um, to other people um, and imagining yourself in community with folks. So um, a lot of my poetry deals with what it means to be a woman in the world um, and uh, also um, doing some class analysis and thinking about how to push back against so much of the racist and classist messaging that we have gotten, you know, so much, um, especially under Trump's presidency. Mm. So it's a way of witnessing in the world, mm. I think. Yeah. yeah, like I love it. I love it. And then we're gonna um we're gonna try to get you to get a poem in. Um I heard <laughs> yeah. you had some cooked up for us, so we're trying to squeeze that in. I definitely <laughs> I definitely appreciate you um I appreciate you sharing that. And so um I want to talk a little bit more about feminism um a lot um, we we don't have many females on the show so we definitely are appreciative of you being on the show and i wanted you to kind of shine more light on that as far as like how can i how can i support yeah um, sure um i mean i'm glad to have the space to do that i think like definitely the decision to extend this invitation to me on this podcast um and include this, you know, topic is a really great thing to do. Um, I think for me, um, there's no like one right way to be or like one answer that I can give you, but it's just, you know, being in community with the with with folks um, and, you know, being mindful of what you, you know, say when you're around your own buddies um is something that like i think goes a long way um but it's yeah it's i think it's really exciting to like have a platform like a podcast and then be in the position of like oh i get to make the choices about who comes on and what we talk about um and it's a space that really can be curated like that so um yeah i think this is great I was going to say like, I, so I grew up with a single mom and so I was able to see and not, not necessarily even be able to relate rather. Cause I'm obviously I'm a male, a, a straight white Christian male in this world. So I can't really relate to 
what she may have been experiencing, but just seeing how hard she worked and seeing some of the struggles that she went through. And one thing I noticed throughout poetry, specifically in the area of feminism, is just there's so, how so powerful and motivating that it is for just this straight um, pathway to, okay, this is a problem, but because our voices are so suppressed, we're going to do it in this very artistic way that can relate to the person that is actually needs inspiration from this. And is there any poets that specifically have stood out to you in the area of feminism? Oh, yeah. So my first chapter of my dissertation is um, dedicated to Diane de Parima um, in her book Loba. And Loba is Spanish for she-wolf. Um, and so the whole book is sort of about um, the myth of woman or like how woman as a category has figured across different times and different places um, and sort of opening up that category so that like women can be any number of things sort of making it this limitless place um, and she's combining that with sort of the political praxis of feminism and this poetic praxis of what she calls the open field um, and she's coming from like a lineage of um, poets who are talking about open field and how like poetry can be this exciting space to explore and you know change uh, change the world basically so she's somebody um emily dickinson is an old favorite um actually this is so perfect that you asked me this question <laughs> because <laughs> the the poem that i want to share is actually this cento and um, a cento is basically a patchwork poem. Um, you pull lines exclusively from other poets. It's a process of borrowing and remixing, and it's like a way to honor other poets, but also making your own. And so when I was in the depths of despair with my dissertation, I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. I was still doing that thing where my poetry was on one side and my scholarship was on the other. And suddenly I was like, wait, I'm even talking about poetry in my dissertation. Let me just, what if I actually inserted some of my poetry into my dissertation? Um, and so I decided to make a patchwork poem and have that start my dissertation off, like at the very beginning, before I get into any of the academic stuff. Um, and it's this cento that is from um, all these um, favorite poets of mine, like living and dead, like as far back as, you know, Francis Harper, um, oh, wow. who was like an abolitionist poet, um, to the present day, some poets who I am friends with, and we like are in community with each other. Um, and it's, it's a ton of them. It's, you know, probably like 70, 75 different poets um, that I string together. So um yeah i'll be happy to share that i can do that now or we can do that later but yeah i'm not gonna lie you kind of hyped it up really well i'm excited yeah, for i know it. <laughs> the segue. i'm ready to hear this so the floor the segue is was the, it was too good um and recently i got some good feedback on this people were like i didn't even know you could start a dissertation like this and i was like well you don't know until you do it Ooh. um so this is called Cento. First time ever being heard. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a free and flowing exclusive. Jess, floor is <laughs> yours. Thank you. I am a woman carrying other women in my mouth. Oh, lost moon sisters, 
I tell your stories to keep myself alive. We see how these men have amused themselves. Women's only choices are drink or swim. You are an empty vessel. You are a plundered tomb. You are who I love. A river of sighs poured from the cut. The sigh is the pathway to breath. It allows breathing. This comes first as an amen, a hallelujah, a suckling. Begin by shaping your mouth into the shape of your mother's when she was concentrating. To pray, you open your whole self. A prayer dissolved in water casts a spell. Each body has its arts. It's possible we know the world better because of the blood that visits some of us. If there is a river more beautiful than this. But in paradise, I don't bleed because this world asks too much of mothers. Lose something every day. We mourn the broken things. I was birthed restless and elsewhere, mothered by lonely women. My mother was a freedom fighter. Freeing yourself was one thing. Claiming ownership of that freed self was another. I learned with men around, there were no safe spaces. It forced my inside places to whisper, woman, woman, woman. I'm glad God's ways are not our ways. There is no recorded description of the first temple, but picture a woman riding thunder. She dances like a bomb. She increases the object's human dignity more like magic than anything else I can think of. Behold her rising star, raves stark as a mad woman. My name is my own, my own, my own, my mindset on loving me. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Show me someone not full of herself, and I'll show you a hungry person. Find your own voice. I just wanted to hear your voice, I, who am ageless and half-grown and still seeking my sisters. I remain who I am, multiple. Your dreams and whimpers tangled with mine. It means all of us. It means this moment, too tight to hold a stranger. My sisters tell me I am a bird. We are faithful only to the imagination. Love becomes our legacy, driving however we can, our own destiny, something you could spend a lifetime chasing without ever feeling sure it exists. I dwell in possibility. There are only ifs. Won't you celebrate with me? The key is turned. Extend yourself. Thanks. Wow, that was amazing. I like, I, I just felt like it was, it was like a journey, right? I felt like I was being, you know, not me personally, because, you know, that's not, I don't feel like it's for, that journey's for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, but it was like this beautiful story about like, hey, you are loved. That like beginning like verse really hit me. I was like, wow, like this is, and then the journey goes to like, okay, now you are meant to be great. You are meant to be this. And then now come, the key is turning. It just, that was powerful. I love that. That was beautiful. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for understanding it that way. It feels like you got it. <laughs> <laughs> like that, amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I um I had never heard of that style before of poetry, so I appreciate you um introducing that to me. Um, mm -hmm. I like I love the phenomenal woman. My Angela is one of my favorite poets. There it is. I, I knew I oh, knew man. if there's a line Ooh. that someone's gonna catch, it's gotta somebody's be gonna get some, somebody's gonna get something out of that one. So phenomenal woman. Um that is awesome. Uh, another, it kind of reminded me of Sojourner Truth's poem. Uh, it's, um, as I am a woman. I apologize. I should have done my research, but I know she. I know she mentioned a line talking about how how Jesus was born of a woman. So how much power? How how women aren't recognized, but you know the Messiah came from a woman. So I, I that made me think of that line. I also made me think about, hey, I'm a father, I'm raising a daughter myself. So like, how do I in, empower her and encourage her? Yeah. Um, it also made me think about how how much of an idiot I've been as a male and all this stuff <laughs> I need to work on. And, and, you know, like I need to constantly, but constantly be aware of yourself. I think um, I think that's what I, I got from it. Um, and just, you know, how, how am I um, helping you know, women, how am I being encouraging? You know, I think about, you know, just a personal situation and professional, my my direct report is a woman. So now I'm looking at, okay, well, how how do I take direction from her and, you know, be supportive of her, you know, being a, you know, a woman in, in, a, in, um, in her position and stuff like that. So it's just a lot of, lot of good things. I like that. I, I really yeah. like that. I was thinking when the lines hit about mothers and motherhood that this is probably really resonating with you in particular since yes you and your wife just had a baby so yeah yeah and I you know I see their relationship and oh it was great I just like I said I classic I went on a journey I was, I was thinking about these things I was thinking about those things so um so when it comes to some so when you're creating your the poetry you know any of any of your poems talking about some of the issues you you know you mentioned earlier like how is your creative process? I know for me, sometimes I would like a line will come to me and I'll have to write it down and I'll be doing something else and a line will come to me. Or do you have like, do you do like, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, you know, set myself away for a little bit, or you know, how is your process? Yeah, you know, I feel like every poem is a little different, right? This one I knew suddenly that I needed a cento and I needed it to be all women identifying poets and I went through this process that was very much like research in a way it was like going into the archive and you're like just selecting and pulling it was almost this like ravenous process like I was so in the zone and I did that probably in just like two hours like from the gathering stage to the weaving together but other times it's like let me go on a hike let me you know commune in nature and be by myself and I want to write something I don't know what it will be but you have like your thoughts percolating in the background um other times you know um and I'll say you know I'm a big fan of not letting your sort of embodied existence your body and your identity in the world totally dictate what you can relate to and what you can engage with so I think like as men who um like this poem is for you too you know it's not like this is off limits to you and and I like that you're thinking oh like I as a man want to think about how to support women around me um 
And I think I relate to that on um, another level, like as a white woman, I think a lot about race. Um, and so um, I try to be careful to not conflate circumstances or um, things like that. But I think a lot and I read a lot of people who are writing about this, um, how to best be present and engaged and like an advocate and a team member with people who don't, you know, have your exact embodied existence, you know? So mm. at the end of the day, we're trying to overcome these borders um, and these categorizations that we are put into and learn how to be with and for each other radically. And I think that's what radical community is, right? It's, we're not all the same, we're different and we embrace and celebrate our differences. And that's on Audre Lorde, um, who is another poet, academic theorist that I love. I love that radical community. Like that is so cool. I know. Um, you dropping <laughs> I got to give the universal um, the snap in for poetry. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I you always it. know when there's another poet in the room, right? Cause they'll pull that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you don't know it. Yeah. He's going to be like, go in poet in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's some of the, the um, slam culture or like open mic culture. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bring that out a little bit more. You kind of waking up my some of my, my past experiences. I, I realized I got to pick back up my pencil and start getting back into it. So. Yeah, you definitely Man, look at how free and flowing these segues. Oh, I'm telling, oh there we go. Oh, we go any. Yeah, we can we can have a we can have a rundown or say, oh, we might talk about this, but it's gonna it's just free and it's flowing. So, um, no, but that's awesome though. That's awesome. I feel like I feel like Clay. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, man, you're good. You, uh, you're touching on the area. I was like, you talking about slam poetry, man? Like I said, my girl, dude, she is, she loves slam poetry. English teacher where where are we at with that like i mean we need to get on tonight i'm ready to go i'm getting excited about this this is so cool man um i was just gonna chime in after that but i think you you segued it in our segues are constantly developing we are learning we are flowing so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no this is this is great i love like i said i can't get over that 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 uh the journey i went on like that poem was amazing and so um yeah i really you know, appreciate that thank you yeah. So I guess for me, I know something you talked about was making sure as someone who, you know, I'm also um, a white per a white man and or a white person rather. And you were talking about making sure you're sensitive to race and your poetry and that you're not, um, you're giving voice to cultures that are, you're leaving the door open rather for cultures to voice for themselves and you're not overextending it. So like, what does that look like? Cause I feel like that's something I know me, I had to learn um, and understand if you could kind of talk a little bit about that. Like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's like a constant process. And I think like you have to be willing to listen and also assume that mistakes will be made, <laughs> but that's where community comes in. And I think generosity and that spirit of like giving people some benefit of the doubt goes a long way, but um, you know, and I like how you sort of amended what you were saying about it's not about like giving voice, because um, I think for years, like, you know, especially in fields like anthropology, that's sort of what enabled a lot of white men to, you know, 
do the white savior complex thing where they're like i'm giving voice to the voiceless um and instead i think about it as like amplifying or speaking beside and speaking with um and i think that's an important shift because it's like there are all of these wonderful voices and i think that's what this cento is about and that's why i started this way and so many of the people that i'm including are um black women um chicana women um, trans women or women of color um, of various stripes, queer women. And so it was really important to me that women, as I was thinking about them, was a diverse um, group of people. Um, and I think, you know, so many of the people that I'm drawing on, like theorists and artists, are um, women of color. And so citation matters, right? So like, you know, um, giving credit to people goes a long way. Um, and just, you know, I think so much about my poetry as like, I have another poem that starts my second chapter. That's a chapter that's all about um, race and its relationship to poetry. And I think about that question of like witnessing and where is the line between like thinking that someone's pain is about you in a narcissistic way and sort of like fetishizing it um, and then actually like helping and trying to be an advocate for it. Um, and so, you know, I think it's it's a balancing act um, in a lot of ways, but just um, actually speaking with the people that you want to be actually speaking about as well um, is really important. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, could, we have talked a lot about that in past podcasts about um, not necessarily like a representative democracy as in like the people who rep people in the community that represent the community lead the community, but in a sense of like the people who are facing the issues of a certain community, um, kind of like you said, that kind of like white savior complex kind of stepping back from that and just saying, okay, maybe it's time for me to stop talking and time to listen to someone else given them with them having the microphone instead, you know, yeah. and I, th I think that's so important, essentially, like, especially in the political climate that I feel like we just got out of. Um, it's, yeah. it's, I, I can only imagine what it was like being a grad student in, excuse me, a PhD student rather in poetry. It's something that's so tied into culture. Um, Freddie, you're into public policy during this time, Dwayne doing the public administration side of things. Um, Freddie, I know from the public policy side, we see, um, culture in a way where you see it kind of carried out, right. In a way that is, it kind of reflects the culture around it through policy. So Freddie, if you could talk a little bit about it, man, like through even being in Duke during that time, during this administration, how have you seen it come through as someone, um, involved in activism and whatnot? Uh, well, to kind of summarize, you, it, it looked like uh, culture was very much front and center. Um, a lot of the people that we had speaking to us, special guests that professors invited, um, a lot of the conversations really focused on identity, culture, and how some of the policies uh, that have been created and that were created at the time, even during the Trump administration uh, have impacts on communities of color specifically. Um, and sometimes those impacts are not uh, at all favorable. Um, and so again, it was front and center. Um, I don't think we went too far into it, but uh, it is something that is always in the back 
of every uh, public policy person's mind is what are some of the uh, negative impacts? What are some of uh, what we call externalities um, to some of the policies we would like to see implemented? I think what's, what's really cool about that is you'll see a lot of public policy throughout history. The way it was started was you had poet, poets that were just speaking it in their art artwork, trying to get that message out. And you saw movements arise out of it. And I know that, that, that to me is the coolest thing about the genre and the written literature. Dwayne, I know we didn't really talk too much about this, man. We kind of dove right in. Um, Dwayne, who are some of your poets? I know we didn't really talk too much about it. You talked a little bit about Maya Angelou. Man, I got a long list. Um, you talking about County Cullen? You talking about? Oh my God! What? Are, uh, I guess the Sojourner Truth. Um, who else? Um, Maya Angelou. Um, a buddy of mine, really good friend of mine, a local poet. I'm gonna say local, inter international. Um, his name is Lyrically Blessed. We met in college. Um. We're in a poetry, I was in a poetry collective, still am, it's called um, Separate But Equal. And so one of my favorite poets, some of, um, some of the members in there, um, Malcolm and Roy, dope. Jess, one of my favorite poets now, my twin. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so, there, I think there's so many. Um, I think for me, I look at, you know, what the, what the poet's talking about, um, and then how it relates, what message are they, again, are they here to persuade, inform, entertain, uh, Langston Hughes, um, oh my God, man, the list just goes on, um, yeah, those are just, those are just some people that I can just think off, of, you know, off the top of the head, um, and I gotta Our ask. mutual friend who like introduced us technically. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Kalisa Ray. Yeah. yeah. Shout out for her book. She just published. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, my, my goal, I'm just speaking to existence, will be have her, have her on and just have her just wow us. Oh man. So I'm, yeah. I'm speaking that to existence. So I got her to I'm autograph. Yeah. I got her to autograph a copy of um, Ghost in a Black Girl's Throat, oh, which is her wow. book. Um, so she's yeah. great. Is that the new one coming out, you said? Yeah, yeah. it's out already. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we'll have them back. We'll have you back on, Jess. Have her on as well. I think it'd be a cool collaborative episode. I think I think it would be awesome. Ooh. I know. So I want to talk about one last thing. And we were talking about this before the show, Jess. Dwayne, you talked about being in a poetry, is it a poetry coop? co-op uh, i said poetry band we were band. Uh, all we right were band. yeah that's what i like and, to call it jess you you were you were in a little bit of competition style and a little poetry band as well in college right yeah i was um it was called catcher in the rhyme <laughs> um <laughs> a play on catcher in the rye um and that was back in chicago which really opened my eyes to the like what poetry could be um in my small town of texas poetry was not a thing that people came together and did um i wrote poetry and i was like submitting to this website called teen ink you know and i was very excited when like um a couple of my poems got published by them as a teenager so i was already really in love with poetry but it wasn't until college um, and, you know, I started going to this weekly open mic um, and seeing like people's excitement and the energy they brought um, and this sort of back and forth between the audience and the person at the mic that made it feel like 
such a collective endeavor, like, and the different things that people would do, right? So Dwayne mentioned earlier, like you have your snaps, but when people forget a line, they would rub their hands together. It would be like warming up. Um, I went to um, a place in Chicago. It's like fam famous. Um, and I'm gonna, of course, blank on it now. The green, Dwayne, help me out if you know. I, I can't remember, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about what slam was like, invented right yeah or so they claim louder than right, a bomb a very different story about it but yes right. um but they have a feminist hiss there um and it's where if someone goes up and they start doing something that's low-key misogynistic um and you want to let the people know that that's not gonna fly in this place then you'll just start going Mm. And eventually they'll stop and they'll learn. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I like hey, we, that. We need to implement something on the pod. I, I like it. I, I'm liking I like the style. <laughs> <laughs> we start getting more crazier guests. I want it. <laughs> and that way our listeners will know from this point forward, if we get someone that says something controversial, they know what it's coming from. They know it yeah. came from this episode right here. <laughs> uh, calm down. Nope. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, man, this has been, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on Dwayne, man. Um, so when are we going to slam poetry, man? Whenever, man, whenever, um, as soon as the, as soon as my, my daughter lets me check out, um, she's got all my attention right now, but she, uh, no, whenever dude, seriously, whenever I, um, I haven't done slam poetry in so long. So I just, I, I'm getting like a, getting an itch for us. I'm about to pick up my pen as soon as we get off, as soon as we get offline and start writing some stuff down. Um, so I think we're, uh, I think we're starting to, starting to wrap up. Um, again, Jess, definitely thank you for coming on. I don't know how we connected, but I'm excited about it. Freddie, always glad to have you on. Uh, again, Freddie is, Freddie is making sure we don't get sued. If we do get sued, we are represented by Freddie. <laughs> so, hey, Clay, um, co-hosts you know keeping us in check so before we wrap up um we have a tradition now where the guest uh closes out using free and flowing and i think i gave an example so my thing is i say keep the um what did i say keep your mind free and keep the drinks flowing mm -hmm. so just closes out and then we'll chime but you have an open invitation if you want to like so this is an open invitation now anytime you want to come on you're oh, definitely welcome. You. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Um, it was a lot of fun. And thanks for listening to my poem and hyping me up. That's that's what I came on here for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's been really great. Um, and I hope that all of you um, keep, you know, feeling free and keep the poetry flowing. Ooh. Hey. hey! Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. That my was bad. good. <laughs> okay. Here, give you a hiss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. See y'all later. All right. Bye, y'all.